Realtor.com is making a stand for buyer representation, and you can too. Join Realtor.com in sharing the list of 111 things buyer's agents do. Visit Realtor.com slash buyer agent toolkit to help spread the word. Buyer agents are essential. Now, in many ways too, Tracy, that's a little bit like the Berkshire Hathaway model, all right, where Berkshire Hathaway, our parent company, would go out and buy companies with good operators and, 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 and do that. Now, um, that strategy, as, as, we, as we talk about it, it was, was successful. We'd go in, Tracy, to a market and, and we'd make an acquisition, typically of the number one or number two company in that market, and kept a low profile on purpose, you know, uh, deferring all the publicity and the marketing to the building of that particular brand. So over our 20 year history, we, we went, I think they started with, um, this well before me, this was Ron Peltier starting it, but um, the original three companies to probably over 40 different brands that we have, 30 or so, 30 plus operating companies, but 40 brands. And, um, and you know, that evolved into coming, what you, you mentioned today, the number one company in number of transactions. Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where your host, Tracy Velt, managing editor of Real Trends, interviews the brightest minds in real estate. Brokerage leaders, top agents, team leaders, and industry experts share their success secrets, trends, and lessons learned navigating this ever-changing industry. Gino Blafari is always a great interview. He is candid, and he's funny and inspirational. But most importantly, he gives really great advice, like how to find the best under the desk treadmill. Um, But seriously, our conversation today is all about home services and some of the strategic changes they're making. Uh, In the Realtrends 500, they really dominate the core services um, application and or the number of transactions in core services. So we talk a little bit about that, but we also talk a little bit about how They've never really generated the clickbait headlines of other companies, and that was all part of their strategy, but that strategy's changing. So sit back and take a listen um, to hear about the new Home Services of America. Thanks. This is Tracy Velt, Managing Editor for Real Trends. Today, you'll be listening to an exclusive interview with Gina Blafari, CEO of Home Services of America and chairman of Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. Gino joined the Home Services of America family from Silicon Valley-based Intero Real Estate Services, which he founded in 2002 and through mid-2014 served as its president and CEO. Under Gino's direction, Intero became one of the fastest organically growing companies in the history of real estate. Berkshire Hathaway Home Services consistently ranks number one by closed transaction sides in the Real Trends 500, and they also rank number one in total core services transactions in the 2021 Real Trends 500. So welcome, Gino. Well, it's great to be here, Tracy. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining me. I know it's been a while since we recorded a podcast together. Um, so I just want to start by talking a little bit about Berkshire Hathaway, I've noticed that you kind of quietly dominate many facets of the real estate industry. And I say quietly because I don't see your company in the news touting technology services or clickbait headlines about Berkshire Hathaway. 
So tell me, is that a strategy for you? And if it is, why? Yeah. Okay, Tracy. And maybe for the uh, audience here, I'll just clarify. When you're saying Berkshire Hathaway, I believe you mean Home Services of America because Berkshire Hathaway is our brand. Did I have that right? Yes, that is correct. Great. Okay. And um, yeah, that has been our strategy. You know, um, it's starting to change though. You know, Home Services throughout its history, Tracy, has been an acquisition company. All right. And we uh, our value proposition basically was almost the opposite of uh, when NRT was doing it, where they would buy someone and you'd become Coldwell Banker the next day. We, we continue them to operate as they used to be. Um, now, in many ways, too, Tracy, that's a little bit like the Berkshire Hathaway model. All right. Where Berkshire Hathaway, our parent company, would go out and buy companies with good operators and, 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 and do that. Now, um, that strategy, as, as we as we talk about it, it was, was successful. We go in, Tracy, to a market and, and we'd make an acquisition typically of the number one or number two company in that market and kept a low profile on purpose, you know, uh, deferring all the publicity and the marketing to the building of that particular brand. So over our 20-year history, we, we went, I think they started with, um, this well before me, this was Ron Peltier starting it, but um, the original three companies to probably over 40 different brands that we have, 30 or so, 30 plus operating companies, but 40 brands. And, um, and you know, that evolved into coming what you, you mentioned today, the number one company and number of transactions. And, um, you know, to, to your point, though, times have changed. Now we're a diversified organization. If you look at us, Tracy, home services of the company-owned stores and the agents that we have, we've got 43,000 agents and our wholly owned brands, and we've got another 55,000 agents under our franchise brands. And the companies now are really, the real message is the companies are looking for the leverage, us to leverage that size for their benefit through pricing, through marketing, through technology, and through innovation. We've never, never, never um, leveraged that at all, Tracy. And if you look at that, if we went back on the real trends, you know, um, top, you know, top 100 or top, even top 10, you would have saw a whole bunch of independent companies if we went back 20 years, right? And now, Tracy, what do we see? We see, you know, uh, you know, many of the big, big uh, newer companies coming in Compass and Redfin and, and, and companies like Zillow that are operating under a single brand. So um, that's where home services is now, Tracy, but you can, uh, you can stay tuned. There'll be more to come. And I hopefully that wraps up that first question for you. Yeah, yeah. I got, I do want to ask just a little bit more. So you're changing your strategy a little bit. What um what exactly are you changing it to? What are what do you hope to accomplish moving forward? Um. Well, precisely, uh, we we hope to you know we can leverage pricing if if we go out and 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 uh, one company grabs um a, a per certain piece of technology. Well, you know, that's just one company. We have 30 companies that we could leverage. Um, marketing could be leveraged. Um, you know, innovations leverage. It, it, it's that, you know, you've got, you've got buying power when you're big. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, uh, I actually, I learned, learned that in my early days at Realogy. You know, <laughs> yeah. power, it all came together. Yeah. No, that's interesting. I mean, there are not a lot of, um, well, a couple new players in, that are that are coming in as well. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting with your strategy playing out how 
how that um, you know all plays out in the industry in general. So we, we created a, a brand new position, Mary Lee Blaylock, and, mm-hmm. and she's going to help leverage all of those things. She might be at some someday a pretty good little uh, interview for you. Okay, great. I look forward to it. So you're obviously a veteran of this industry and um, things that change constantly, but what do you find to be the most important changes in the, you maybe the past five years? Well, shoot, you know, really it, it, it changed the big, most important thing has evolved and it probably changed uh, even longer than five years, Tracy, but that was the ability of information to the consumer and their ability to actually search for homes without an agent. To me, that was the biggest change I've seen throughout my tenure. I mean, we used to give them a copy of the MLS book, which we weren't supposed to do or give them some listings and things like that. So that's been the the, the biggest change is just there's so much information out there that the consumer can get. Okay. And what do you feel like hasn't really changed um, and and that you don't really feel like will change? Um, You know, it's it's easier and more convenient to find a house, but the transaction of buying a house still remains, in many cases, the most complex transaction that the average American will ever have. Now, there's a small percentage that will do huge different transactions, maybe 1%, but for the average American, this is a big, complex transaction, and it hasn't... Um, uh, it hasn't changed a great deal that it's still their number one, um, their, their, their number one transaction, protecting the consumer's financing um, with technology has, has made it actually difficult because now, you know, we always worry about wire fraud. We never had to worry about wire fraud going through. So that's a problem. Um, something as simple as, you know, Tracy, when I was, uh, when I was back selling houses, our um, HUD one was one page long, right? Now it's replaced by an eight page disclosure. So that, um, you know, that's been a change. And um, I don't think that's gonna, I think it's gonna continue to um, evolve. The other thing that um, has changed, which I find very interesting is um, this was, I was looking at a um, home buyer profile from NAR and it's, and and you know these numbers, Tracy, 83% of consumers used an agent in um, in 2010, and then you flipped it to, to 2020, and 88 reported using a, a. You'd think that would be going down, but so that hasn't. That's an important thing that hasn't changed. And as a result, you know, um, there's a greater need for knowledge. There's a greater need for experience. There's a greater need for skills as we see more consumers turn to their agents for guidance in the transaction, opposed to actually finding that house. Um, not unlike, it's an interesting thought too, Tracy, not unlike the insurance business. If you notice the insurance business, everybody became a financial planner. Because you could just get insurance very, very simply, right? You just look at rates, do those rates and things like that. So all the insurance people became um, financial planners. What we're doing within our brands and within home services is, you know, just uh, the developing that relation relationship and trying to be the trusted advisor as we guide our customers through the biggest purchase of their life. So that's that's what I don't see. It, it, it's actually evolved even more. It's, it's more important to be that trusted advisor because the information that we used to be able to get, that went away. The yeah. transaction got more complicated, Tracy. Yeah, Eight yeah. 
I mean, I remember way back when, when, you know, they talked about travel agents would, you know, be gone. Nobody would need their advice. And they said the same about real estate agents. And the truth is that's, it's not true. So, uh, so yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. So I noticed that you welcome some offices from India and Portugal into your real estate family. Is further global expansion top of mind for the company in the coming years? Yeah, you bet, Tracy. It, it is it is top of mind. And I'm lucky to have a great franchise uh, brand group led by by Chris Stewart and you know Alan Dalton's there. And Michael Gelbert is um in charge of all of our franchise development is from a sales end. And they do a great job of of developing a con- compelling value proposition. Here's what's funny, Tracy. The Berkshire Hathaway name is more powerful out of the United States than it is in the United States. Okay. It's just an amazing gravitation towards that brand and being part of something that's uh, uh, connected with, uh, with, with Warren Buffett. Um, so we're committed to um, geographical diversity around the globe. I mean, you know, that's what we're doing around the globe. And we're very committed to uh, diversity, equity, inclusion on a personal level. In fact, when we talk offline, I can um, give you a couple little things more about that. And, and maybe you want to do an interview with Teresa Palacio-Smith on that one there too. Um, so right now, in, in summary, Tracy, we're in 11 countries. Um, uh, and we, can, we got a great pipeline going, but here's the interesting thing. Our Italian global partner, we've only had them a couple of years. They've grown by 75%. Our London partner, only in a couple of years, doubled their size. Our Spain partner doubled its size. We're up in Toronto and they've 6x their size in a year. And that's kind of the pro- the power of that brand outside of the United States. It's that they're, they're the ones showing us the, the Fortune magazine of being the top five most respected or top four most trusted and things like that. So we've got an exciting um, pipeline. In fact, I talked to Michael Gelbert this morning. He was just over there in London and, and meeting with a, another whole group of, of customers. So we're excited about expanding uh, the franchise brand globally. Okay, that's great. Um, and other than globally, you know, where are you looking for growth opportunities now? Um, we're we're looking, you know, we, we look everywhere for growth opportunities. We want to, you know, we certainly want to um, grow and we want to get partners who um, hopefully we can help their agents become more competitive with the support of home services um, and, and, our, and our tools there. We're, 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 so we're constantly on the lookout for um, uh, to, to grow. I mean, um, and, you know, we're seeing a lot, actually, a lot of interest right now because um, 2020 was just, um, it turned, isn't that crazy, Tracy? It, we thought it was going to be, oh my gosh, what's happening in March? When I came coming back from the Berkshire Hathaway Home Services Convention on March 11th, and then the whole country shut down like the next day or two, right? And we thought, oh my gosh, pendings went down 50%. And we didn't realize how it would roar right back, right? So now yeah. many companies, especially the ones that I'm looking at, have had their best year by far in 2020, and that um, that that gets them excited because now they got a better chance of uh, of selling for a, a much uh, higher price. So I'm um, you know for for anybody out there listening, you know if if you're interested in in um in, in maybe maybe selling, you know you know give give me a call. But we are I'm not looking just to kind of like retire a company. I look for great leaders, just kind of the Berkshire Hathaway, great leaders and companies that want to get a liquidity 
time. And, um, but still I want them around for a couple of years. We're, we're, we're buying, you know, we're just buying that culture that they've developed all that time. And um, so, so that, that's kind of like what we look for right now. And it seems like a good time to do that. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, obviously there's a lot of outside investors in real estate as well. So you're uh, you've got com- competition. <laughs> yeah, there is there is there is more competition, and there's competition sometimes from people new to the uh, new to the business. And when you're new to the business, just like when you were a brand new realtor or a brand new manager, sometimes you make certain mistakes, but that can be to the benefit of whoever is uh, is selling to them. Yeah, definitely. So I know you're big on wigs or wildly important goals, and I love your uh, your emails every week with your lessons learned and your travel. So what is your wig coming out of the pandemic? You know, each year um, we're gonna we're gonna as we focus as a team on on, on three wigs, and I love it. Well, yeah, wildly important goals. Um, the first one coming out of the pandemic, and and it, and and. Um, uh, our wig is per person productivity. Okay. That was the per person productivity. The second wig was our core services. And our third wig was recruiting and retention. And we like to call it selection and development. We no longer like to refer to it as recruiting and retention. I mean, that's what it is, but selection and development, because really that's what we're doing. We're going to leave, uh, Tracy, we'll, we'll leave recruiting to the military and retention to the um, to the prisons, okay? And, and we'll, we'll try to develop. So, because if you can develop the uh, the agents um, and, and you're focused on that, that helps you, that, that is actually development is the part of that retention. So those are... Um, those are the three, the three, the three wigs um, per person productivity, our core services, and recruiting and retention. Those are the three most important things that we're focused on. Now we may have a ton of initiatives on other things, but um, we we want to develop. Um, and you know, when you're when you're thinking of per person productivity, you're developing your agents um, to do more business and to be more productive, right? And 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 also to become you know, healthier, wealthier, wiser, just uh, it's a whole gamut of, uh, of things there. Yeah. And um, actually I interviewed Tom Ferry and he mentioned that you guys are doing some really innovative um, retention per person productivity uh, contests and the like to, uh, to really kind of boost that throughout the company. So. Yeah. You know, Tracy, of those four disciplines that we operate under, under our execution discipline of, of the wig as number one, you know, that's the, the discipline of focus. Uh, number two is, is the uh, act on the lead measures. That's the leverage piece. Number three is engagement. That's where the contest piece comes in, right? Everybody knows the score with the contest there. And the fourth one's that, uh, that cadence of accountability. You know, it's interesting. Our third wig, which was um, uh, the core services, mortgage, title, and insurance. Last year, our brokerage, which I have pride in how our brokerage performs, but it was 27% of our pre-tax total income. So it was just a little over a quarter of it. And here's another interesting thing, and because it just happened, I just found this out yesterday, Tracy. Um, Our brokerage outperformed our mortgage company from a pre-tax profit amount in April for the first time since going back to July of 2019. So almost two years because the mortgage market, and we're so lucky to have a great, great mortgage partner that we own, Tim Wilson and Prosperity Home Mortgage, that 
execute incredibly well. But the mortgage had done so well because of the low, low, low interest rates and the record high margins and things like that that were out there. But I just thought that was kind of like um, uh, an interesting point for you. Our, we are a full service company. And last year, 27% of our net income came from the brokerage side. And, um, you know, Go ahead. Yeah, that's really, that's very interesting. That and interesting? Yeah. yeah. And I'm going to keep with the core services because you dominate the rankings with mortgage, title, home warranty, property casualty. Um, so tell me more about the challenges that you have with core services. And is there anything new on the horizon? Um, well, you know, th- thank you. And, you know, you use the word dominant. And I guess that's because our numbers are, are pretty darn strong, right? Um, yes. We, me- we measure ourselves by our service share, the number of uh, services we deliver to the customers, as well as our market share there. But, um, you know, we're very, very proud of having a good core service um, partners, like a great mortgage company and great title companies and great insurance. And, and, and we, we have done it, but we really have is we have some great CEOs that are totally focused, totally engaged on core services. In fact, they're so engaged on our core, our WIGs, that it it, it really moves the needle on that. If, if you, um, uh, you know, every single week, every single CEO is on a call with me, they're telling me how many loan applications their company took that week. They're telling me how many at-bats they had out of X number of ratified contracts. And then they're saying what, what they're doing as the CEO to drive that business. And we do that with mortgage. We do that with title. We do that with insurance. And we do that with, with per-person productivity. So it's really the engagement of the um of the CEOs that's really been huge and understanding it. You, you, you'd be stunned if I gave you, um, we, we, we started out in, in one of our companies, um, BHHS Florida Network Realty. I'm talking at the top of my head right now, but Christy Butnick there, mm-hmm. their group, their, insur- their real estate, their, their mortgage company moved completely out. Okay. And we started from scratch with not the same loan officers, because sometimes you can get the same loan officers in there. You know, within a year, she was at a 28% capture rate. Hmm. That's that's tremendous. Okay. We have many companies with a with a capture rate greater than 33%. And uh and that that I think is to number one, you gotta have good, you, you gotta be using our mortgage company because it's the best mortgage company out there, and we're gonna do the best service for you. But you really have to have your leaders engaged and 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 that's uh that that's a huge thing for us and that's what we 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 are doing yeah it sounds like there's a lot of accountability there as well so yeah there's a a ton of accountability and um you know accountability uh there's a ton of visibility which drives accountability which drives engagement there's just a ton of engagement um with the team i couldn't be i'm hugely hugely proud of that because i came from that culture of accountability and things like that. And then going into a real estate organization with great, great leaders that are used to doing things, everybody doing it their own way and introducing a system of those four disciplines and then having that cadence of accountability. But, you know, when they saw the, the, the lead measures turning into the lag measures, and I mean, all you need to do it, look, we're public company, look at the public companies, Look at their 10Ks. It's all public. You know, you'll you'll find worse. We double the next best one. 
some of them 17 times, 37 times. That's all execution on doing the same thing. We have the same, you know, headwinds that everybody else has with the deteriorating company dollar and things like that. But your ability to execute is huge. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm going to switch to some of the brokers, uh, like the ones you're overseeing. Uh, You know, there's a lot of focus on growing their businesses, obviously. Are there any new areas of focus and what do you recommend they stay laser focused on in order to grow? Yeah, well, you know, uh, I'll start out with the what I recommend to stay laser focused on, and 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 that is our, our our three wigs. I mean, agent selection and development is always a top priority. Um, we've naturally been, you know, we we've been a brick and mortar, you know, um, uh, traditional real estate company, and we, you know, culture was a huge, huge, huge piece. So, you know, I, I totally have encouraged them and they don't really take that much encouragement to do it, but to really, really focus on, 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 on culture. So agent selection, recruiting, we're going to have to do that. And development is always a pro, uh, top priority, whether it's an experienced agent or a new one. Um, and then once they join our organization, we want to provide them with the tools that they need to grow their business. And, and which enhances the value proposition. And that's what we're trying to do now on leveraging the size of the company. Um, and then it, 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 at the end of the day, um, we want to tie the agent and the consumer experience. So we're always looking for ways to smooth out the transaction and make it easier for our agents, Tracy, make it easier for the consumer. So really, those wildly important goals are always the thing I'm going to be focused on, but there are those other things there and, and, and certainly um, the culture and making the transaction easier and making, um, you know, helping our agents succeed. If they succeed, we have a greater chance of them staying with us and then they win and we win. And, you know, if it's win-win, you're great. If it's win-lose, eventually both parties lose, right? Yeah. That's just kind of like the, the, the law of life. Yeah, definitely. Um, So what's your company's greatest hidden strength? Obviously, you know, people would say, oh, it's the backing of Warren Buffett or the professionalism of its leaders. But I think there's a lot more than that. Um, So what do you say is your the, you know, the company's hidden strength? Yeah, well, you know, certainly being a member of Berkshire Hathaway uh, family of companies, that that's kind of like a great honor. I remember when I sold in tarot, I just had kind of like a pride of selling it to Berkshire Hathaway because they're they're just known for their research and and um, you know their their four core core values you know trust integrity stability longevity so so Berkshire Hathaway certainly is a part of it the other thing is the business practices and processes of Berkshire Hathaway Energy absolutely has helped us become better operators mm-hmm. they operate a very very good focused company with a ton of accountability and a ton of ownership to that. And then for, for me, and, you know, I probably came from that very rare school of, of being accountable and doing these things, but that's been a, a great, uh, a great stretch for me too. Um, I will want to remind you and um, cause it's probably noteworthy at home services. When we do an acquisition, our innovation, our core services, growth and our development, that's out of our own operations. We don't you know, we don't go to Berkshire Hathaway and get some, um, you know, a a billion dollars that they've got, you know, um, a pile of cash sitting there. Right. Our performance and our financial strength come down to, you know, having a system, that culture of accountability, having a great experienced team. Um, So we, we we continue to try to improve 
at what we think we're pretty good at. And there's always room for improvement. You know, it's the old, once you think you know it all, your slide to mediocrity has already begun, right? You know, so we're going to continue, Tracy, continue, continue to try to grow. So you mentioned um, energy. And I know that you, I think you sit on uh, and on their, their meetings or their corporate meetings. So explain that to people who don't, under, to don't really know. And actually, I don't really know, but I know that you're part of the, is it Berkshire Energy or, or Homes? Yeah, it's, it's, it's Berkshire, uh, Berkshire Hathaway Energy. Okay. So explain that to the people who don't know and me who I, you know, I know a little bit, but I don't know everything. So yeah, it's just a huge, huge energy company. Mm-hmm. Huge energy company operating, you know, in many parts of the world. Um, you know, we provide a great deal of energy to Nevada, a great deal of energy to California. They're in mid-America. It's, it started out there where, you know, back in the day, we uh, Adina was involved with mid-America, but that's probably too long of a story to go into. That's our parent company. Every Tuesday, every president of the energy company which I'm considered a president CEO of the energy company because we're a subsidiary of energy. Um, I'm on a call with them. So um, I always kind of joke. I say, I say, I think I know more about the energy business through osmosis of being on that hour call every, uh, every Tuesday morning. It starts at like 6.30 in the morning, which is 4.30 my time, but you got people all over the, uh, all over the country, right? Yeah. Um, but it's very, very disciplined, and and it's it's interesting because you're talking about things like an energy company, um, safety, OSHA recordables, very, very important. So I have to know. I, I can tell you, I've had two OSHA recordables in the entire home services. Now I don't know if any you know large company can tell you how many OSHA recordables they have, right? I can tell you, I've got 13 people currently with COVID, and I've got I've got 30 people out of all our company in in um, the. Um, you know, where you're going a little confinement, the 14 day thing there. So it's, right. it's those, those types of discipline, right? Um, yeah. Our network is extremely safe because you, you saw in the news just this week about the pipeline and, yes. and the cyber stuff and things like mm-hmm. that. So we have, um, uh, we have an incredibly safe and, and you know, the, I don't know if the consumer understands it. I don't certainly think real estate agents don't understand it. The importance of that safety net that we have with such a safe, safe network. I mean, when you're wiring people's money everywhere or people coming on, you know, fishing and things like that. Yeah. I just think it's interesting that you're a subsidiary of energy and, and um, it sounds like you're, you learn a lot that you can take back to real estate through those meetings and that too. So there's a lot of discipline that they have, you know, that you can take back through there and, and, and execute executing and and things like that. Yes. Yeah. So I want to talk about trends in the market. You're obviously on the forefront of those. You travel a lot and, and are, I think you're back to traveling some more. Um, so tell me what trends you're seeing right now and um, what do you think the market will look like in a year? Okay, so let's go with trends first. Okay. Everybody's going to tell you there's no inventory. Well, really, mm-hmm. what, what, it's not that. It's not that there's no inventory. It's the rapid turnover of the inventory. Right. Yeah. You can't have you can't go from five point two million sales to six point two million sales and say there's no inventory. There had to be inventory. We wouldn't have had all those sales. Right, Tracy? Right. Yeah, this crazy rapid turnover. And I've been to be in Silicon Valley and Los Altos. And honest again, every day I go to the mailbox, there'll be a postcard from some realtor and say it sold for six hundred over. Yeah. I mean, crazy. Yeah. Crazy 
crazy uh, stuff. So the rapid turnover of inventory um, is, is, is a current trend. Um, because we're in all the real estate business, I would say the decline of the refinance business, mm -hmm. um, it went down. All you have to do is look at um, uh, Rocket Mortgage. And when they released their earnings, which were through the ceiling on how much they made, but their stock dropped like 17% because the future was saying there's not going to be many as many refines, right? Right. So, um, you know, luckily our model, again, was not set up for refis, even though we did it, you know, they're down to about 15% right now. They got up to as high as 40%, but we're, we're, we're driving purchases. And, uh -huh. and again, Tim Wilson and the Prosperity Home Mortgage um, Company is so good. Our CEOs are so good at that, that um, we're, we continue to grow that business there. And um, next year, geez, if I could predict the future, Okay, mm -hmm. I probably wouldn't be doing this podcast with you, Tracy, right? <laughs> um, right? I mean, don't I, I go, I think about that. I think about when, when everybody was calling me on, in March of last year and wanted to give me their company. Yeah. Just take it over. I just don't want to go completely upside down, right? Yeah. And then, uh, and, and I was like, no, I don't think I want to buy right now, right? It didn't mm -hmm. seem like it was too safe. That would have been the greatest time in the history of real estate to buy, right? Yeah. Did, yeah. Didn't, didn't do it. What we lost in the second quarter, we more than made up in the third and fourth quarter. If you look at you transactions, units, EBITDA, whatever you want to look at, it more than made it up. And, and boy, would I have loved to have known that. I can guess for you. Yeah. I can guess that it's going to continue, interest rates are going to continue to stay pretty darn low. And um, there's just such a demand for, and, and the economy's, believe it or not, is, is, is pretty good. So I think we're in for a solid year um, next year. Okay. I think we're in for a solid year next year. Now, if you press me to go further than that, I have to take into consideration, I've got a guy in a house and he's got a two and a half percent mortgage. Mm -hmm. He wants to move, but interest rates are at 5% or they're at 6%. So even if he made a lateral move, he's going to double his house payment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Remember, uh, Tracy, remember probably in the early days when we were in the business, it was flipping over every, you know, six or seven years, then every eight years, then nine years, then 10 years and keeps going up. So I'd be kind of concerned about uh, concerned about that. Um, I'd certainly have a great first time homebuyer plan because we know they have to buy. We might lose that move up piece. Yeah, definitely. So finally, uh, tell me what the future holds for your firm. Growth. Growth. We, if you talk about, um, you know, rolling up to Berkshire Hathaway, and um, they want you to grow. You, you, you. The, the stationary position is the beginning of the end. If I'm not advancing, I'm falling back. So it's growth, growth, growth. We're an acquisition company, and we're we got every intention to continue along that path. You know, believe it or not, Tracy. I don't know if you know this, but since 2017, we acquired 25 markets, uh, 25 companies. Right. Yeah. And um, and then we really started expanding our, our, our brand. So we'll continue to uh, we'll continue to grow. We'll continue to get into other businesses. We're in property management. I didn't mention that during that one question that you had. We're in property management. We're looking at getting in the inspection business. We're already in the um, 
uh, moving business. So we'll get into more and more businesses too. That's what the future will will hold. Will it'll be that whole whole homeowners experience of that. Okay, great. Well, Gino, thanks so much for joining the Real Trending Podcast. I appreciate all your insight. Yeah, you're welcome. You know, I've been watching your podcast and I have to tell you, I really, really enjoyed them. I'm not sure if I was watching them because I knew I was going to have a podcast, <laughs> Tracy, but I did have extra uh, extra interest. And I just saw you did one with Tom Ferry. So I haven't watched that one yet or listened to that one yet, but uh, they're great. You do, you do a great job with them. And um, uh, hopefully there'll be some great takeaways from, um, from, from this and, uh, and I think you'll be hearing a little bit more about home services as we start to leverage our size for the benefit of our agents and our franchisees. So thank you for what you do, too. Thank you for listening to Real Trending. For more insightful interviews with real estate executives, subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts and more.